What's going on, Misfits? This week's episode actually got lost in the shuffle, but I'm glad I was able to find it. We're joined by comedian, writer, actor, James Golf. We're talking the Bronx Zoo and how I personally believe animals should not be caged, but you know, whatever. Um, We're also talking about dad's relationships and how your father can influence your life in more ways than one James is very revealing and his childhood upbringing which shaped his life but he was able to make the most out of it um he has an amazing podcast called force to care check it out and for you who are been supporting me this whole time on this endeavor even with my being unreliable I still appreciate you 2018 I'm changing my life I'm turning it around I'm putting it in the universe so if you want to follow me follow my mailing list because I'm going to be dropping exclusives content video clips all that great stuff I want to reward you guys for being patient with me you're listening to social misfit Welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe Hilliard. We are on the couch in my house, and we are joined by comedian, father, and podcaster, James Golf. Mm, that sounds special. Does it? Yeah, that sounds special. Good. I like to make people feel special. Yeah, I feel comfortable in here too. You got the chic rug. Uh, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's you know it's so interesting that the fact that I do this in my house that I didn't grow up in a family where people came over. Mm-hmm. Like we, my family, my house was not the hangout no house. Company? No company. Like my dad would have some buddies that would come by and like play video games or like you know have a, like watch a fight or a game, but yeah. that was sparingly. Like wow. my friends didn't hang out. I I wasn't the hangout house at all and i kind of envy that a little bit but i kind of envy that because i feel like that contributed to me being very introverted and sheltered and then i also think about like yeah i kind of am glad i didn't have a bunch of motherfuckers in my house yeah because you don't want a bunch but maybe one or two like you know your close homies yes it was even with my friends who i grew up in the neighborhood with if they came in and rang on my bell it it was still a permission thing like hi is chloe home can we come in like that i respect that Yeah. yeah It was yeah. no, it was no open door policy. I don't think it should be that though. Definitely shouldn't be that. I think that's weird when somebody could just walk up in your crib. You know what though? But it's a. I think it's a regional thing because like being like north, like being from New York City, uh-huh. we don't have open door policy like that unless yeah. unless your family's really really hood or really really like about that life like open door how close y'all are, like in the projects well no yeah that's what i'm saying like open door policy means that you have the equipment to get a motherfucker out of there yeah yeah yeah. like if yeah. somebody show up and act out yeah it's gonna get crazy yeah but if you're not that type of person then then you don't really have people open. you know what i'm saying like whenever yeah. like if you walk around my neighborhood and somebody has their door open all the time ain't no good happening in that house yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And when I was living in the suburbs of Weymouth um, in Massachusetts, um, white people tend to have their doors open like that. Yeah, but like, that's hey. a but that's a welcome yeah. thing. Like, hey, yeah. how, hey, how hey, you doing? Just want to come and check on you. See how you do? Yeah. It's a southern thing. If you're too. in a hood, it's more of a service thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> I got some goods for you. Exactly. So let's get to your post. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, my post was... um. Actually, I got two now that comes to mind that I want to talk about. Okay. The first post was um, 
just me taking my kids to the Bronx Zoo, and it said it said um you know had a fun day at the, at the zoo, and what I like about the post is it's just it shows me just trying to balance family life along with um comedy life, mm-hmm. you know, because the night before I didn't get in until like four in the morning, mm. so I get in at four in the morning, wake up, let's say six seven. Why? Yeah, because we had to get ready to go to the zoo. It's all the way in the Bronx, and we get there early. You know what I'm saying? What time is early? We got there like ten. And you had to get up at six to get somewhere at ten. Well, they woke me up at six. When you got when you got (sighs) a four and a six year old, right? There's Mm -hmm. no such thing as sleeping in. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? Like unless I go in the basement and I lock myself in there, (laughs) then then I then I get I get a little I get maybe an extra couple of hours. You know what I'm saying, but my my girl's good. She'll she if she knows it's been really crazy, mm-hmm. she'll let me sleep in. They're like, no, don't go in the room. They don't listen. She buys them all. Like, like that gives gives me probably an extra an hour. Really? Of of her telling, no, don't go in there. Daddy sleep. You know, I want to see daddy. What? Listen, kids. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. It's, it's whatever their needs are. So it, so you told them. See, this is see, this is how you can get that extra hour with no with no interruption you don't tell them that you're taking them anywhere my parents did not tell me i was going somewhere until the day of (laughs) like legit the morning of they were like get up we're going somewhere going to disney world exactly (laughs) just like that they did not tell me also i think it's also like just to cover their asses in case some shit popped off and we didn't go then i won't be disappointed which is smart which is smart. yeah don't tell your kids nothing no but it honestly it doesn't even have to be like we told them we're going anywhere like they're they're legit gonna wake me up. At, they don't. They might not even come upstairs. I'll just hear them. You know, ah, ah, too loud. And then I hear quiet my girl. Time. Be quiet. Your father's <laughs> sleeping. Ah, okay. Ah. And then I'm like, oh. I got, and then I'm up. It's like I can't even pretend. Yeah, it's terrible. It's pretty terrible. I know my my bedroom faces the front street, and there's a school at the corner. And when school starts, you just hear kids. Yeah. That's all you hear. Oh, it's the most. There's something thing. about their voice that w- it's like an alarm clock. The worst thing is when you like trying to get it in and you hear kids' voices out the window. You be like, <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Shut it's the kind, I've been I've been in some si- situations. Like, oh, baby, yes. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Hey, ready for school? Yay! Of course, this is before I was I was in a relationship. I, I remember this one girl I met after a show. She she didn't tell me she had kids. And we went back to her crib to to do the damn thing, and and her son woke up, <laughs> and she was like, "Shh!" To need, you? Yeah, she told me to shush so she could go out in her in the hallway because he was knocking on the door. He's like, "Are you okay?" Oh <laughs> hell no, hell no, hell no! That boy is way too old for her to be trying to get some one night stands yeah, again. Yeah, and she went back there to kind of put him to put him back to sleep. Ain't no putting him to bed. He grown. Yeah, and I'm in the bed like this is awkward. That's trash. Yeah, yeah. You should never do this. You should never try to sneak no sneak no dick in when you Give got me the a heads whole up. kid. We could have got a hotel. No, because who's gonna watch your kid? Wait, so when you well, came so home, this is after the show. No, but when you came home, who was at the house with the kid? Um, 
I think she has some kind of babysitter or something like that. Okay, maybe so a family she, member or something okay, like so that. Okay, so y'all came in. You saw the family member leave. Yeah, and I'm like, what's and they going looked at on? You they like, didn't say no, but they still didn't say anything. Oh, so they I just know figured she they were is, hanging out. They knew she was a sniggering. Yeah, they, I figured either it was a roommate situation, Mm-mm. like, you know, relatives staying with you or whatever, but they left. And then. Trash. We, you know, and plus my mom was on, you know. Yeah, I mean, because you ain't, yeah, at that yeah, point, you're I'm not, not going to about why face. Is, this situation is weird. What's going on? Why are they leaving? See, that's it's how men are so different. Men are so different than women because women, I assess every situation from the moment. First of all, I don't go home with people like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just say, I don't go home with people, period, because when you say like that means you, you kind of <laughs> do on the low. What did you do last night, Chloe? Mm-mm, I don't go home with people. I am too paranoid about. I am too what can happen but i am too like like i was i'm i'm definitely cognizant of of the area i am because that uh mm. that uh i'll put the kibosh on it quick if i don't feel like i'm safe in the area mm. you know what i'm saying like i i'm at my liquor store liquor store drug store liquor yeah store, liquor store. like if it's, it's like you know i'm from the bronx so that when you when you from an environment like that plus i grew up in eden wall projects like you know mm. you don't lose your street smarts no not you know at what all. i'm saying so when if my gut is telling me eh, it ain't worth it, I will not listen to my dick at all. Good for you. Yeah, I, at all. Like, nah, it's, it's too. My gut is telling me I can't be here. Because you don't know what this, especially in the hood, you don't know what the situation is. Nope. She might have a, a dude from the block there. He see me going and out. It might be a setup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or she might not be that giving happened. it up on the block. Did you see that news story that happened? No. This woman, this woman went to this guy's house and had like a threesome or it was like three dudes in it three dudes and a chick and they was all having sex i don't like to say i don't like to say running trains because i feel like that's so derogatory because a woman if she's in that position she wants to be there it's not like yeah she's not like the man is getting over you ain't getting over on a bitch that's already in a room with three dicks yeah yeah. um so they were having sex group sex (laughs) and yeah and one of the guys started videotaping her and she got upset and so he stopped videotaping her and then she went and told her boyfriend these dudes raped me and they uh, and they killed the dude. The boyfriend killed you know, the Patrice dude. You know, Patrice got caught out there like that. I know. Where, Patrice where it was it was willing, um Patrice um R. I. P. But um apparently he was running a train or a menage mm-hmm. with, with a willing participant and then I think her dad caught her mm. or found out and mm-hmm. then she lied and said they raped her. Yep. And then you know he he's a big ass fucking black dude, so they gonna believe him exactly. So and I've been in situations where um where um it could definitely go left like that. Yeah. Where um I had this one situation in college where we one of one of my my friends hits me up like, "Yo, we going to this party, right?" So we get to the party. It's just five dudes Mm-mm. and one girl. Nope, that's not a party. Yeah. Exactly. That's a crime scene. Exactly. So I don't know what's going on. All I they're like, yo, just go upstairs, right? So I go upstairs and you know, she she tops me off or whatever, not to get too into it. But then the next day, which this is when it got weird, we're all chilling, you know, talking about basketball or whatever. She comes past, right? With a dude mm. that we all played ball with. Mm. I didn't know they were together. Mm. And then in front of all of us she kisses him. Oh. And I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. Oh, I wanted to throw up in my mouth. Did you? You didn't tell him. How do you? How do you? Yo. 
Your chicks are snickering. <laughs> Yo, good shot. Yo, by the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> Your well, you... girl's jaw game is crazy. No, I, uh, that's... See, it's, it's sad because when a woman is in that situation, she's doing it because she's definitely coming from a place of like yeah. desperation, yeah. hurt. She's searching for something. Yep. And instead of addressing that, people don't address that. They just want to be like, oh, yeah, she a slut. She a hoe. Yeah, but also think about what, what state of mind you was in to be in that situation in the first place. Yeah. You yeah. thought that that was a quality experience to have. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's... There's a lot of things that 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 um as you get older you realize that that can make or break that I'm I'm conscious of when I'm dealing with my kids mm-hmm. and um especially with my daughter who's older the, the uh, my daughter, daughter. Uh-huh. my daughter's older she's six and um I know what can happen if I don't do my job if I'm yeah. not if 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 I don't show her that affection where she feels she has to go find it somewhere mm-hmm. else and. I try to, uh, you know, when she gets to that age where, you know, I feel she's ready to have those, start having those conversations about boys and stuff like that. You know, I'm I'm definitely willing and able and, and, and wanting to have those conversations. Yeah. Like, unlike, you know, I know back in, I want to say when I was growing up, I don't, I don't recall my dad having a sex talk with me. No. You know what I'm saying? I learned it in foster care. Really? Yeah. I learned it um, when you hit a certain age in foster care, let's say like 15 they start preparing for what they call independent living uh, and in independent living you start learning about how to prepare to be on your own because some people stuff, yeah, cook yeah. um sex mm. um fucking um finances and all that finances stuff. they have different speakers coming for that stds all that so you so you mentioned your dad yeah so when did you stop living with your with your family and go well, to foster care well, with my dad, like, I probably, I was in and out of foster care. I want to say I got in it about 10-ish, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And this is in the Bronx or in Boston? This was um, this was in New York. I didn't go to Boston until, like, a little after September 11th. But, um, okay. but um, around 10-ish is when I got into the foster care system. Like, my dad had got locked up. Um, for protecting himself, so I tried to assassinate him. He flipped the script mm-hmm. and killed them, and then got locked up for it. So my relatives, in return, on my father's side, were basically he he set out a plan like this is what y'all, I want y'all to do. They chose to do otherwise. I end up with my mother, who's a paranoid schizo, mm. and then social services came to get me, and then that started my journey from in and out of the um yeah the foster care system. How long was your dad locked up for? He might have did like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not that long. Actually, it was shorter than that because I went in like let's say ten, eleven, maybe like five. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and but so at no point was he, did he tell his family like, "Yo, get my son back." It's it was one of those things where you know, and it's it's still pieces of information I learn as I get older. But it was one of those things where what was he going to do? He's in jail. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then in order to justify them not doing what they were supposed to do, they paint me as um, I was a problem child, mm. which wasn't the case at all. Of course. Like, I didn't drink, didn't do drugs. 
Um, but also you got to deal with, you know, people don't realize that when a child is a traumatic experience, they're going to lash out, even if it's lash out or withdraw emotionally or, you know, have some behaviors that might not be conducive to like a happy go lucky kid. But you shouldn't punish them. for Yeah. That. And you also got to take into a fact that like when I was when my pops was around, I was basically let's say hood rich. Mm-hmm. Like I had my own chauffeur. I was going to private school. Mm-hmm. Like I went to private school with Bud. Oh. From the Cosby Show, mm-hmm. like we went to the modern school. Yeah, every day I had my dad's chauffeur pick me up in a gray Cadillac, take me to school, pick me up, and then my dad owned a um a brownstone in Harlem, where um it was really a nightclub inside. So they would pick me up, take me there. I would do my homework upstairs, come down. I had my own Pac-Man machine, and I would just do that until mm-hmm. it was time to go home. Mm-hmm. So I had lived a certain lifestyle up until that point i enter into the system mm-hmm. so that's a totally different world for of course me. totally different world so it was basically that and then one of my father's girlfriends um but about the time where i got into the group home which was about 14 15 um my father's girlfriend who was like the only like who i consider my mom was about to adopt me and by law they're supposed to contact your birth your, mother. Your, your birth parents well relatives or, or mm-hmm. in general like hey this is about to go down you sure you don't want them and at that time unbeknownst to me that they had a fight the girlfriend and my dad where he had shot her in her hand right crazy what this is what before he went to prison this is before he went to prison so i didn't know they had a fall or not uh-huh. all i know is one day he came and got me from there right so they this had okay before, this is before he was, foster care before because yeah. what happened was i was living with her in the bronx right um basically going to school he would come you so know, he was, was busy doing his thing doing whatever he, he was doing he knew that she was being taken care exactly. of by his girlfriend and she by all accounts she treated me like to this day she treats me like her son mm-hmm. so um they have a falling out he comes get me he comes to get me takes me to his new girl's house right mm-hmm. and um who I had a crush on, she was banging. Uh, um, but it was kind of, it was just weird because it didn't yeah. feel the same. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it so, wasn't a motherly situation. Exactly. Like she, she was, she was definitely, um, she definitely took care of me and she was nice. Um, nothing but um, good things to say about her. But it just, I didn't know her. You know, I spent most of my life with this one woman, and mm-hmm. then now, you know, I'm in this yeah. situation. So apparently, it had some kind of falling out. She pulled the gun out on. He took it, shot in her hand, whatever. Right. Um. Comes to get me. I'm living with her for like a good five or six months. The new girlfriend. The new girlfriend. Not happy. Really happy about yeah. it. Um, and then one day the cops just come. Mm. Cops come. They get them. We go down to the precinct. And then from there, I went to Jersey with one of my aunts. I was there for like probably a year, maybe two. Then she brought me to my aunt on my mother's side. And then that's when it went all downhill. mm and like she, my aunt on my mother's side was abusing me. My mom came and got me. She's not mentally stable. So then social services comes to take me. So now I'm in the system. Um, split from my brother because he stayed with my aunt. The he, one in Jersey. The, no, the one. Um, the one the on my mother's side in uh-huh. the Bronx. This is when I was living in Edenwall. So. So she abused you, but she didn't abuse him. She abused both of us, but for some reason, my mom, my mom only came and got me. Mm. And not for some reason. I know why. My mom plays favorites. I don't think she knows she does. But um, she definitely plays favorites. And 
she came and got me, left him, and then social services came and got me. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I still remember that day when they were coming. I was outside playing on the block. They came and said, hey, they had a picture of her. Do you know who this woman is? I was like, nah. And then I ran in the back. They went the opposite because the way my, the, the building was, it was yeah, like it, it split. Mm-hmm. It, it was like one side here, one side here. So when they went left, I ran to the right. So I was like, yo, the cops is coming. But she was in one of her mental moods where I don't give a fuck, motherfuckers, is after my pussy. Like this is mm-hmm. what she would say over and over again. And then um, they figured out what door she was in, came and got me. And then that was the last time um, I was really around her until I became like a teenager, like I, until I was like 18, 19 or something like that. Yeah, and by then your dad was out. My dad was out. He was living in Boston. So you, so, the, so your dad's old girlfriend wanted to adopt you at 14. Yeah, but once the family members found out, um, because apparently I got an aunt that works for social services. So oh, keeps, the, uh, keep, the audacity. Yeah. So this is how fucked up my situation is. Um, <laughs> and one of the reasons why um, they, none of my aunts um, on my father's side, except for one, has seen my kids. Hmm. I don't even speak to them. I don't even bother calling them. Yeah. So um, actually this weekend there's a family reunion going on and I'm not going. Yeah, for all so this family. It'll be a surprise. Um, but yeah, so so um, one of my aunts is like, she was like a supervisor for ACS, right? And this is how bad it is. I'm in, I'm in a group home, right? Hoping that I'm going to get out and live with, you know, my father's ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They're calling around. And then I guess it gets back to them. And they know if she adopts me, and my father gets out, it's going to be a problem. So what winds up happening is all of a sudden I get an aunt that I haven't seen in I don't know how many how many years come get me and goes, hey, you're still going to stay in the group home, but you can do home visits at my house. So you know how the home visits work? Yeah. Yeah, so basically on the weekend, yeah. I can I have to put in a request and then I can go out there. And because then, they knew that your dad went, didn't want this woman to Hell no. Like he let he like he's my my dad was a planner. Now you gotta keep in mind at this time I don't know that my dad's a planner. I'm just thinking he just he went to jail. Everything mm-hmm. went to shit. Yeah, and there was no plan. So what was his set plan? out for me? His plan was basically while he was inside, they were supposed to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Now he's the oldest of nine, and he mm-hmm. took care of basically all of them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like like and all of them are successful in their own right. Um, you know, I had the aunt that, that, you know, with the social services, mm-hmm. um, one of my uncles is a general, um, I got an uncle who lived in Jersey, who's into art collecting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like if you look at all my cousins, man, they're, they're pretty, um, on point with their shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, one of them was in charge of, um, Hillary's campaign and was doing mm-hmm. stuff with that. Um, whoever is the democratic whip. Um, my other cousin was basically his her his um, right hand man or whatever, mm-hmm. so she was doing that. And then I have a couple of cousins that were, you know one works for Discovery. Yeah. They're all doing stuff. So they so his plan was to have his siblings who he's taking care of take look care after of me you. that he's helped out. Yeah, take care of me. And, and they were like, nah. And and, and and to justify it, they had to paint me as I was a problem child. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um. Ever since, like, ever since then, I was always, I always felt like the black sheep of the family, even so, to this day. So this aunt, this aunt who let you have a home visit, he did that just so that this other woman couldn't adopt you. 
Well, he don't know. They did that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that she couldn't adopt me. Mm-hmm. That was the block. Like, no, mm-hmm. we want him to be a part. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then they had me in a group home until they um prepared for me to go live with her. But I was still in the system. Yeah. So it wasn't like they just took me out of the system. They kept me in the system. And then what they did was they call it kinship. Where mm-hmm. you're still in foster care, but you're with a relative, yeah. so they can get money off you. Uh. So my aunt was getting a check for being a foster parent, right? And she had three of us in there, so she was getting. She had, she had two other foster kids, yeah, that weren't her, w- that weren't relatives, that were that were her grandkids. Mm. So it was my other two cousins and me. So she was getting this is this is the racket foster foster care system is. So you get a check for being a foster parent, right? Then you get a check for each bed you for each bed you have for each kid, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's like three checks right there for that. Then you get a food stipend for each kid each month, right? And you get a clothing stipend for each kid each month. Mm. So you that's make seven checks. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's yeah, that's a lot of money. Like my aunt on my um, ten. She got ten checks. Yeah, like my my mom um, my mom's sister when I was staying with her that was abusing us, she was able off those checks to get a brownstone mm. you know what i'm saying and get her own spot so so what happened to your brother my brother um my brother f- for a long time was just he actually for most of his childhood was just living with my aunt on my um and she was still abusing him yeah like and when i say abuse it was it was physical it was mental mm-hmm. she would do stuff like because at one point i had to go back there because um this was a little after september 11th happened I was basically homeless. My mom's kicked me out because she had one of her moments where um, she, um, I woke up, she had a knife over me mm. and was like, I'm going to kill you. And her eyes were pitch black. Yeah. They, she called the cops. The cops were nice enough um, to help me get my stuff and um, take me over to my aunt's house. And I just cried. Um, and she let me stay there. So you got to keep in mind while all this is going on, I'm still trying to go to school. And I'm trying to get a job mm-hmm. so I can get on my own feet and yeah. do my own thing. So it's like I'll get one thing going and then the other shoe would drop. Yeah. So as I'm in a, as I'm getting into school and as I'm um I had just got a security license so that I can get a security job. Mm-hmm. And I get the license, she tells my brother and not me that I have a, a week to stay there and I gotta go. What? Right? Yeah. That's the type of bitch she is, right? So, that's when I called my dad, and I was like, look. By that time, he was out. Yeah, he was out. He was living in Boston, and we've been in contact mm-hmm. and mended relationships. I had grown up and learned a lot more that it wasn't all on him, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And then, because um, I blamed him for what the situation was. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to having a a, a, a luxury kind of lifestyle. Then it went from that to now. Yeah. I'm eating oodles and noodles and mm. not knowing where the hell I'm going to sleep at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, I called him up. I'm like, look, you know, I wouldn't be calling you unless it's a last resort. I'm about to be homeless. Um, I'm going to have to go to a shelter or something. Like, this is my last resort. Yeah. And um, he's like, come out to Boston. I got a bus ticket, came out to Boston. They picked me up. And then the rest was history. I was just trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do. Shout out to Cynthia, man. Like, that was my father's girlfriend, and like she, um, she saved my life, man. She, she let me into her home. To this day, considers me one of her sons. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, got a lot of love for her. She saved my life because I was damn sure about to be. You, I don't think 
I think I would have been dead in a year. Really? Honestly. Honestly. Now that I look back at it, because to have to survive in a shelter and then... Oh, yeah. Shelter life ain't... And, men, and black men in the shelter system don't get any sympathy. Exactly. Because no they, they you figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I probably wouldn't have gotten anything. Now I'm living on the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Chances are I would have committed suicide. Mm. Like, fuck it. Just yeah. I, I'm not I'm not dealing with this. So shout out to her because if she doesn't say yes, then I'm stuck there. Yeah. Because it's not like I can go back to my family members and be like, you know what I'm saying. And so when did you realize that they, your, like your family members, were just doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do and not listening to well, your dad's pieces, plan? You know. And did any of them truth, try to act like that wasn't the case? No, the truth never stays buried. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So pieces will come out here and there Mm -hmm. and then i would just start putting everything together you know what i'm saying um i always felt it was a weird real like when i at the time that i got out of the group home and i'm living with my aunt through kinship and i'm um i'm i'm being around them for the first time Mm -hmm. i'm starting to see the cracks in how they treated me Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying as as um as um versus how they treated my cousins yeah so they always treated me as if i was just like a burden you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like even when my one of my aunts she has a um she has a she had like two daycares she was running um the, um and i remember I, I had got a job working with her and I'm good with kids. I'm I'm a hard worker like you tell me what you need me to do i get it done yeah she had me in there cleaning toilets Mm. Like, like seriously cleaning toilets, like also, and then I just stopped going. I'm like, now, do you think that their that their um, dislike of your mom, they saw your mom? I don't and think it you? had nothing to do with my mom because it wasn't like my mom was really around them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't re- I don't recall in my childhood my mom really being around them. Maybe when prior to I was born, or maybe when I was yeah. a baby, but. As I, you know, where I, as far as back as I can remember, my mom was only cool with my aunt Mary, who was the one I was staying with at mm-hmm. the time, and um, I think everybody else knew who she was, but she wasn't really in contact yeah. with them. She was, so I don't, I don't know. For whatever reason, they chose to do what they what they did, and even as I got older, I I just started seeing them for what they were. Like when my cousin died, who who we all lived in the house like me or her that's like my sister Mm -hmm. like we're cousins but that's like my sister and um i remember when her moms died and they're in the funeral car they're in the limousine talking about me like you're not even there i'm i'm in another car oh i don't know that it comes back to me later that they're talking about me and they're talking about me as if i'm i'm some kind of the next drug kingpin like he stays out all times of the night all he listens to is that rap music and at that time i didn't even like rap i'm wow. like 16 17 i was i was maybe just starting to get into yeah. um to some rap but mm-hmm. for the most part i was listening to motown because that's what i grew up on yeah like that's all my dad played that's all i really listened mm-hmm. to so so they had painted this you know he stayed like I was in the house before C-Town closed. Like, mm. and anybody who who's not familiar with that, like yeah. when you live in a um, uh, 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 
urban neighborhood, like your parents would tell you, yo, when the supermarket closed, <laughs> your ass better be in the house. Yep, that's about like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Exactly. So Sea Town closed like eight on yep. my block. So them gates was down, my ass better be in the house. Mm-hmm. So all I did was play basketball all day. So if I wasn't doing anything at the foster care agency where they had, you know, these programs or whatever, I was I was, you know, on a basketball court. That's all I did. School, basketball, foster care. So would you ever have, like, you say you don't see them anymore. You don't see them, you don't talk to them. Nah, I speak to one uncle. Like, the last time I saw all of them as a collective was when my dad died. And they came at me something horrible, boy. Oh, yeah, they, (laughs) I caught a seizure from all the stress, like a panic attack. What, what, how did they come at you at your dad's funeral? So, my dad. And where did, where's your brother in all of this? Well, my brother, we have different fathers. Oh, okay, so okay. at the time, me and my brother were in contact. Um, we've always pretty much stayed in contact. For um, there was a a big chunk where I was just going through shit, and we lost contact, mm-hmm. or whatever. But we reconnected. So me and my brother were in contact, but he's on his own. He's living in Denver, doing his thing. So my dad dies. Um, with his second bout with cancer. This is, are you his only child? No, I'm um, one of two. Okay. Um, I don't speak to my sister. That's a different story. Okay. But um, he dies of cancer, the second bout. Um, and they, I right, we're going to have the funeral in South Carolina, whatever. Cool. So we fly him out there. I get there. We're all in the same house now. Everybody's, and this is, this is funny. My dad, well, it's funny because I'm a comic, but my dad, before he dies, right, because this is when I was first starting to do comedy. Mm-hmm. I had a gig. I was basically going to the hospital, spending time with him. Then I would go do my show, repeat. Mm-hmm. So I had a little five-minute open spot at Nick's Comedy Stop. So I stop at the hospital. My Uncle Tom's there. We all chatting it up. And before I leave, my dad goes, look, you know, when I go, there's going to be people, you know, the people that you expect to treat you, um, the people going to treat you differently when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be the people you least suspect, right? So I'm like, oh, shit. So Cynthia is going to kick me out the house. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I'm yeah. thinking, right? So I played off with him because I don't want him thinking negative. I'm like, man, you're not going nowhere. I'll see you tomorrow. You're going to be fine. We're going to beat this, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so he passes away. And... The people I thought was going to change wasn't them. It was my own relatives. Mm. And I was like, shit, y'all are, this is a, some new territory for y'all. Like, yeah. they're all bickering over what did he leave, what? who gets what, is the uh, is the Lincoln in his name. And I'm like, look. Yeah, first of all, y'all don't get shit. Exactly. Because I'm his, I'm his exactly. heir. Me and my sister are his heirs. He said, he, he, he. The money that he had, he split it so that Cynthia got what she got, mm-hmm. and I got the rest. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to do with it as yeah. I please. Yeah. So, what winds up happening is, no one offers to pay for the funeral. Help me pay for the funeral. Mm-hmm. I pay for it all. That's Cynthia all. Cynthia didn't help either. No, I I, I didn't want oh, her okay, to. Okay. Like she was there helping him. Yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Like she she did what okay. she was supposed mm-hmm. to do as as his like. Nothing but great things to say about her and how she handled the situation. But as far as my relatives is concerned, nobody chipped in for that. Mm-hmm. I did all that, right? So I paid for it. Now they're trying to figure out how much money's left. And at the time, I was estranged from. I'm still estranged from my sister, 
And um, they was like, well, you should fly your sister out here. And I'm like, I'm not flying her out here. I was like, because when he was sick, if she would have told me, regardless of how I felt about her, if she would have told me she wanted to come mm-hmm. out here, I would have paid for her bus ticket. Yeah. And she could have she could have fixed that. She never did that. The only time she called is when she wanted money. Yeah. Y'all want her out here, y'all going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So now they, you know, that, they pissed about that. So they pay for her to come out there. Now they're fighting with me. Well, who owns this? Who owns that? None of your business. And I'm like, yo, y'all, we want to see the money. I'm like, yo, y'all not seeing. If he wanted y'all to see the money, he would have gave y'all the money. Mm-hmm. I got the money. I'm not giving it to y'all. And it was like everybody was just attacking me. And then I just had a panic attack. And then next thing you know, I'm going through convulsions, bleeding out my nose. They had to um, sedate me at the hospital. You know how you ever been sedated? Mm, um, for surgery, but some, not yeah. All yeah. Right, so. When you sedated, you ever had a like a last glimpse of like you're fading away, mm-hmm. and then you hear something like they were like, "All right, doctors, we're gonna yeah. something like that." Yeah. So I'm fading away, and I hear my aunt going, "He's faking, right?" And what? I'm like, "This bitch." <laughs> 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 I was like this, and I just knocked out. So so I wake up, and now it's the funeral, right? And um, so you were in a hospital before the funeral? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you so you come to and you got to go to come the to they t- bring me back to the house the the house um now I'm at um we do the wait and then the funeral was the next day and I never forget I actually had to have a conversation it bothered me so much through the years that I had to have a conversation with this dude my uncle my uncle Robert I watched him you know how everybody gives their last words mm-hmm. I watched my uncle Robert go on the stage right and then. To my cousin Hans, who works with the Democratic mm-hmm. Party doing stuff, um, fucking smart, awesome dude. I fucking love Hans, but this could have definitely, if I wasn't who I was, I could see it me hating him for the rest of my life. Yeah, I watched my uncle Robert get on the thing and look to Hans and go, James, that's my father's name. He goes, James will be proud of the man you turned into, Mm-mm. and I'm in front, and I'm like. Oh, all right. That's what we doing here. Okay. And to this day, I've never forgiven him for that. So when you had the conversation when with him. When I had the conversation with him, um, we, um, I've always been kind of close with my cousins, even though like. Their parents are shitty. Even the, even though the parents have been shitty towards me, I've, I've been, I, I wouldn't say close with them, but I've been cool with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I had reconnected with one of them and I was like, yo, we should, um, we should, I've always stayed in contact with her father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not with them not knowing, like, but I was like, he was the only one during that time that treated me with um, any kind of respect. Mm-hmm. So he was the only one that got something personal that was of my father's. Yeah. Nobody else got anything else. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, I was like, I don't know where it's at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Isn't it crazy how when somebody passes away, everybody knows their inventory? Yeah. Yeah. They're on it. Yo, yo. He that, had that blazer, that yeah. blazer. Or that know, ring. Yeah. Like my, my dad had this, I have it, it's this big gold ring with a green emerald on it mm-hmm. and diamonds around it. Mm-hmm. Oh, where's that ring at? Oh, you see it when I'm on Fallon. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but but he was the only one that, so I would stay in contact with him. And plus he reminds me a lot he was the closest to my dad like the the one ability that I, I think my dad had besides being charismatic and stuff like that but 
he had the ability that with each one of his siblings to make them feel like they were the closest to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he it, it was uncanny how he, as each one of them went up, they all gave personal stories that felt like this is why I was his favorite. Yo, right? Mm-hmm. And and none of them knew he went to college and he went to college with my uncle Tom. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So they were actually the closest. And yeah. in a lot of ways, I found out during that funeral time that he actually wanted, this is before he had kids, he wanted to take me in. It was my aunts that talked him out of it. Mm. So that shows you what type of individuals they are. You know what wow. I'm saying? They talked him out of it saying it would be too big of a, a responsibility and then I get left in the system. So I can have a totally different life. Yeah. Like not even doing comedy. And who knows? I might be an investment banker or some weird mm. shit like that. But um, I love how we think investment bankers are weird and we're comics. <laughs> <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> Who would want to deal with money all yeah. day? Would oh, <laughs> sling these jokes? Um, but yeah, so it was. It was um, when we had that conversation. Um, I had reconnected with my um, cousins. They was like, "Yo, you should come out here." But they were still kind of like, "What if he's a thug or something like?" That? They didn't know anything about me. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen each other since we were kids. So I brought the family out there. And we had a blast. And then they was like, yeah, let's go over to Uncle Robert's house. And I was like, all right, look. This situation happened at the funeral. And they're trying to tell me to let it go, right? My cousin's trying to tell me to let it go. And, like, her boyfriend, Charles, shout out to him. I was like, no, you don't understand. As a man, we got to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I looked at Charles. I was like, he was like, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I was like, look. I'm just letting you know we're going to have a conversation. I'm not going to be in there like, fuck you, mm-hmm. da 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 but just know we're going to have a conversation. Yeah. So we get there, and um, his wife, my aunt, I go, hey, does Uncle Robert like me? She was like, yeah, why would you think that? I was like, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like he never liked me. Mm-hmm. So I get him alone in the kitchen, and I ask him, I'm like, I'm flat out, like, yo, do you like me? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what's up? And he's like, yeah, man, why would you say that? I'm like, I'm saying that because, and I relit, yeah. recant everything at the funeral. And he's like, no, nah, I didn't mean anything about it. But in the back of my, you know, we're comics. And one thing for the listeners who are not comics, um, one of the skills you learn the more you do this is you learn how to read body language. Because yeah. a lot of, 80% of our job is reading the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's a small 10% is actually being funny. Being funny. And then the yeah. other 10% it's, is the venue and it, how it's set up. Yeah. And uh, and 80% is knowing how to be funny and to who and when. Exactly. So reading the room and, yeah. and, and, and reading body language and knowing. And his body language, his words would say, nah, man, I love you, your family, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. But his body language was saying, fuck, I do not want to have this conversation. Of course. Because I'm about to lie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I let him out of it. But for me to let him know that I know mm-hmm. was what I wanted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, you know. Like, I don't need you to agree. I just need you yeah, to know that I know. I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I wasn't cool. I'm still not cool with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and, and since then, I haven't spoken to him. Like, we left on good terms. But I haven't um been out that way. Like, the only one, like I said, I keep in contact with is um, my uncle. My Uncle Tom. Plus, Uncle Robert didn't believe. Like When I told him I was going to do comedy, he was like, you need to go to school. Oh, yeah. Isn't that He funny? didn't believe. So, it's funny how they all believe now. Well, because you've been doing it, what, 10 years? I've been doing it 14 now. Yeah. And, like, you know, 
I've, I've I got to work with some of the best in the business. I've you travel the country, travel the country, yeah. you know, and all this with no management. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Hey, like, me too. Yeah, no you know, the fist bump. Let's do it. So like, <laughs> I made I made something out of nothing with no major credits, no management, and I was able to turn turn into what I have now, and now they see it. So even my aunts, like you know, they my aunt Johnny ran into somebody who um and this is how full of shit she is she ran into somebody and they asked about you their son this is when times square comedy was it was, oh, okay, it was okay. the live factory at the yeah. time and um the dude was street team mm-hmm. and this is when i was working there heavy like i was yeah. the one of the resident hosts like me and gina and um shout out to Gigi. um <laughs> um so we're we're they're at some kind of function the son is with his mother and they're talking. He goes, Oh yeah, I do promotion. Oh, for what? He goes, Comedy. She goes, Oh, my um my nephew does comedy, right? And he goes, What's his name? James got Jay Oh man, he's a beast, man. Like he's mm. like he raving about yeah. me. Like you know, genuinely love just genuine love. Just uh-huh. yo, oh my God, yo. He kills it, da 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 this, that, and the third. And then she goes, Oh, we always knew he was gonna be Motherfucker. a comedian. I'm like this <laughs> You ain't no shit, y'all. And when she told, when he told me what she said, I looked him right in his face. I was like, I want you to understand something. <laughs> this bitch never believed in me, and I don't fuck with her. I need you to go tell tell but her. But my thing that. is this: Are you going to tell? Like when you have your day? Oh yeah. Are you going to look them in the face and say, "Eat a dick"? You know what? A lot. And and Dante had this talk with me, right? I mean, you want to let you don't want to hold it in. You don't want it to to affect your day to day life. No, but let me tell you what was happening. Like very early on, like when I first started comedy, I operated and mo and was motivated on hate. Mm. The more hate, like I w- it was equivalent to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like how Michael Jordan would read, look for articles to be like, "Ooh, okay, yeah, all right." So it was basically that. Like I, I like in my goal at the time, I remember. I'm with Orlando and um, Orlando Baxter and a couple other comics. We in this car and we were just talking about like um, what is our dream mm-hmm. like when we make it. And my my goal was to 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 have a sold out like theater or mm-hmm. arena, right? Have a big ass Titantron screen behind me, right? <laughs> or projector screen, whatever. And then um, have my family members sitting in the front, and then have a set based on my life. And then each time I'm talking about one of them. They would pop up on the screen so you can actually see their <laughs> facial expression as I'm shitting on them. Oh my God, I couldn't wait. But uh, you can still do that though. You just don't need the screen. Like you can. Now, I don't care. You won't be. Honestly, I don't care. No. Like, and I think my kids helped me with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want them to see uh, their dad because Dante would always, like, you can't do that for the rest of your life man just no, operating on a negative energy now, uh, he's speaking about dante nero comedian and host of the beige phillips show yeah. who has a lot of anger in his heart by the yeah. way so it's really funny that he's telling yeah. you well, yeah not no a- yeah no well he is he he can rise to anger but he's not an angry person yeah he's not an angry person but you could definitely bring it out of him you very, know what i'm saying depending depending on um what the situation is yeah. but he's been very instrumental in um just my growth as a man and um my growth as a comedian yeah like just the, the conversations that we we've, we've had like sometimes i don't get it right then and there but like you know how 
I feel like everybody needs an OG. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's missing in our communities now because even when I was coming up, the drug dealers and stuff like that, they knew I was a good kid. Yeah. And they would be like, yo, you don't do it. Oh, so you were the you were the Tariq in Power? Yeah, basically. I don't watch Power, but let's go with that. You should watch Power. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's about a it. drug dealer and his privileged family and how he falls for a, a USDA. And it goes re- all down here? All pussy all down. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'll watch it. I'll watch it's it. It's on season three. but you I got should. stars. I can catch up. You can watch. Just watch season It's not like Game of Thrones. I can catch up to that. Yes, but you should watch. I'm going to watch the first season. Watch the first season and then. I have stars, so I can, I can catch it. Watch, watch the first season and then the last two episodes of the second season and you'll be good. Oh, so I don't even have to watch the whole second season? No, the whole second season is really just him gallivanting around with his side piece and then uh, losing his mind. Okay. All right. It, so just skip to the last two episodes, then go right to the third. All right. I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If then you I'll have any questions, you, you can hit me up. And we, it's funny because do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Me neither. Okay, it's too good. many seasons. It's, yeah, it's it's too far gone. That I train try, has the yeah, train has left the I station. I tried to watch. Me and my girl tried to watch it because we try to find like it's hard for us to spend quality time together. So like with my life and then you know, you know, us the having kids, the kids and, the house and, and, and we don't really have family. Like I don't fuck with my relatives like that. For us to be like, hey, can you watch the kids? Mm-hmm. So we try to find these little shows that we can watch and stuff like that. And um, we tried to watch Game of Thrones. I think this was like season three. Mm-hmm. And like, it started off too slow, and I just was like, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't. It's too and it's weird ass proper English. I'm done. Yep. Yep. I'm done. So now tell me this: you, everything that you just told me about your childhood, your upbringing, your family. How did you feel when your girlfriend or your partner? Because I feel like we're too old to be calling somebody a girlfriend boy. Yeah, my you, partner. Your partner. I I said partner in conversation, and somebody was like, "Are you are you gay?" And I was like, "Why does that gay?" Because partner had been, uh, you know, connected to the gay community. So I like, guess, this is but my partner. it is what it is. It, I'm it's single, a though. I'm single, but when I but I was having a conversation about dating, and I was like, you know, I, I want my partner to be like this. And they were like, are you a lesbian? I was like, no, I just, well, I just nah. I'm 36. I'm That's not saying boyfriend. At this, yeah, at this point, at this point, man, like, you you should want somebody that you're, anybody you dating at this point in age and time, you should be trying to build build something with and if you're trying to build something with their partner their partner so how did you feel everything that you went through in your childhood and dealing with your family when your partner told you that she was expecting your first child i was pissed <laughs> oh my god oh i was pissed i didn't want kids i didn't want kids I, don't, I didn't. I didn't want kids at all. It's so funny how men say they don't want kids, but then they don't do the things they need to do to not have kids. No, it was. You see, I, right, I'm trying not to. All right, fuck you. You exclusion off. No, raw no, no, doggy no, 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 dog. No, because that's 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 where women immediately go. Um, my girl doesn't like condoms at all, and for a long time we weren't having sex because I'm I'm super pro condoms. So she didn't want to do birth control. I thought she was. She, oh. Apparently, she said she missed. Mm-mm-mm. She how, missed. How um, long we got together before she got pregnant? At least five, six years, something like that. Oh yeah, she probably yeah, she probably missed it. Yeah, so, five years is a long time of not. You know what I mean? Being yeah, like, so, oh, I forgot. Five and I, I'm not. I'm not. But I was pissed because I, I thought this is going to derail my comedy career. That's so weird for you to think that as a man, because kids never affect a male comics career. Nah, I, name I one time. Thought, I immediately thought it was gonna affect me doing comedy, and 
my friends wouldn't think I was taking it seriously and would stop fucking with me. That's that my so mind weird went. for you to think that as a man. Yeah, that's as a woman. Everything you said definitely applies for a woman. Yeah, but you, you got to keep in mind, I was basically raised around a bunch of females. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of my thinking and logic. And sometimes from a comes, comes from a woman's perspective. So I immediately thought I was going to be ostracized from the community. And that, um, yeah, but you, do you realize that as a man in comedy, you can easily just not tell people you're having a baby and no one would know? Yeah, but my comedy is based on truth. And I couldn't, and these at the time, these are my closest friends. How do I not tell my closest friends? That's like you not telling Monroe and Derek yeah. you have any kid. I know. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't even sound right. You know, yeah. like these are the people that that I would call to bitch and complain about the business mm-hmm. or just talk about life in general. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like these are my dogs. So it's like, how do I not tell them? Mm. I didn't tell them for a long time. I didn't tell <laughs> Like it must have been. Like six, seven months? Five, six months uh-huh. before I, I actually was like, yo, I'm having a kid. It was like, yo, congratulations. I was like, oh, y'all don't. You y'all don't yet. hate me? No, oh yeah, it was it was crazy. You? No way. But then I thought about how hard it was going to be just because I didn't want to be um you know, I grew up in a system, so I don't want to be an absentee dad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I want to be I want But that's be, why being a comic helps because you have the flexibility like you said today you just took your kids to a water yeah, park. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Like I have the flexibility it works out because of what my girl does. She's a teacher, so she has the summers off. Mm-hmm. So that helps. Um, and then she's home usually by 2, 3 o'clock. So that helps on that end. But when you don't have um, relatives that you can depend on yeah. for the most part, like my brother helps out when he can, but he's working. And I don't want to, you know, and these ain't his in, kids. He lives in Denver. Yeah, he lives with me. No, he lives with me now. Oh, okay, um, okay. But, um, you know, these are not his responsibilities. my yeah. responsibility. So, you know, he'll help. Sparely, but there's those signs where you know you know in november i gotta do something with eliza and eliza schlesinger schlesinger yes how long did it take you to say it properly oh fuck schlesinger it took me that one week in working with her but it was constantly saying her name but yeah so eliza schlesinger Schlesinger. is a a comedian and at least you weren't hosting, so you didn't have to introduce her. Yeah, but I still had to learn her name. Of course, you got to learn the name. It was like the reason why I had to learn her name was because she, when we, when we worked together in Connecticut, she took a liking to me and was like, "Yo, I'm gonna be doing Boston. You should come mm-hmm. open for me." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, right." Oh, because you hear that all the time. Yeah, you hear that As all the time. As a comic, that's like, "Yo, I'm gonna give you a call." And you're yeah, like, you be like, "Yeah, you ain't calling me, me nigga." So she gave me her math, and I was like whatever mm-hmm. so i i hit her up because you want to follow through you yeah. this might be the yeah, one yeah, yeah, yeah and she she came through she was like yeah man i'm being boston you'll open up for me it'd be me and you i was like i ain't word and i was like shit i better learn this name then <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and, and that's basically how it went down yeah. like um but she's she's been um i know she gets a lot of hate in the industry man but she's been um I don't even know if we could talk about it because you go on a road we with can. her. Okay. So, Eliza. Should I talk about it with her? Eliza, <laughs> Eliza Schlesinger is, has been under fire in the comedy community because she, as 
a cute blonde hair white girl <laughs> felt the need to say that her comedy is stronger and more respectable than a lot than most other women's comedy because she doesn't talk about her her pussy and well, a lot of women default to talking about their sex to the contrast is like most men not if not all male comics have dick jokes smoking weed video game like yeah but shit we, that's super we, surface. we know we know there's there's definitely a um a, um what's the word i'm looking for um double standard double standard mm-hmm. you know when it comes to you know just men and women in general you know what i'm saying so Let's take that off the table and just concentrate on what she said. For her to attack the female community, knowing how hard it is to be a woman in comedy, was suspect. I didn't feel, like the only problem. She I said thought, it, it was she the way she was, worded it. She said it was her and eight or nine other women that are funny. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, but let's keep it hundred, Chloe. Let's keep it hundred. How many times we're on these shows, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know. You're you're we're in the city and let's say four or five comments come up, female comments go up. Never it's first of all, that's a lie. That's, first on, of all, no, that's a lie. If you're working if you're working in a in a mainstream comedy club I'm not I'm I'm just talking about like it, it doesn't have to be mainstream. But either way, if you're working at a club if it's, or a, a, if it's a mainstream bar room, it's show, gonna be at least one or maybe it's two, at be two at the most. Two at the most. So if you have if you have But I'm talking about like comics, Broadway, you know, these hole in the wall all spots. All I'm saying is that you cannot measure how funny a woman is when you only see one, maybe two each show and you have six guys on the show. I travel just as much, if not more, right? And a lot of times, a lot of the female comics that I see is the same type of humor. Why do you a lot think of that the times, is? not all, not all, and the ones that are the ones that that I like my type of comedy that I like, it's um, and it's something that I heard. It came from Keith Robinson, mm-hmm. but I heard it through a friend who met Keith. Yeah, right. And this is before I knew who Keith, who the fuck Keith was. Keith Robinson is a legend. Yeah, legend. Look him up, beast. But this is before I knew who he was. Yeah. Right, and um. One of my boys from Boston got the chance to work with him or see or whatever it was. But he was like, yo, this OG just told me some life changing yeah, and, shit. Yeah, and then it came down the pipe yeah. hole. So he goes, yo, if you're not, if you're not talking about, if, if, if what you're saying doesn't resonate with you or you don't give a fuck about it, then why are you talking about it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what at the end of the day, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What, what you say should mean something. Yeah, it should be. It should be thought provoking. It should be trying to. Um, it should. It should. It should just mean and say something. Okay, so now I'm gonna play devil's advocate because I dare to say that most women in this industry don't get that type of advice from other comics. I would probably agree. Be it, be it male or agree. female. Men aren't going to yeah. men aren't going to or men aren't going to coach a, f- a female comic because they feel like uh, what's the point of not my job. Yeah, yeah, I would I and would we're agree. not friends with my buddy. And then a woman, if a woman is in a position, she may say, "You know what? I'm not going to coach this. I'm not I want to say coach. I'm not going to give this person any advice because she may not receive it well and then it's going to be a problem you know what? or fact, she she's me and her vying for the one two spots on every yeah, show. Matter of fact, I'm I'm not even going to roll with that because guys are like that too cuz I remember when I met <laughs> I met Tracy, right, mm-hmm. for the first time, right? Tracy Morgan, right? And I'm a young comic, maybe 2 years in. He was in Rhode Island doing a comedy connection, right? And my first time, I worked with him twice. The first time I was like, "Hey man, um any advice you can give a young comic?" Yeah. And he was like, "No." 
figure that shit out. <laughs> Which is hilarious. I mean, this is fucking hilarious because Tracy, Tracy is not a tried and true road comic. Yeah, like at all. This nigga got mad alley oops. Yeah, and yeah, not to say not yeah. not shitting on him. But Slam Duncan. He definitely did not go the circuit. Yeah, nah, not at so all. So that's why he couldn't tell you no advice. Because but still, the way it came, like I don't know that. I know that now. Yeah. But and when you're anybody a young listening, com- I don't want anybody thinking I'm shitting on Trey. I think he's super talented yeah, in what Trace he does. Is a shit. But he definitely he, fucking He just he had an easier route than most comics. What's comments. that was that what's that um video game Qbert? He definitely Qbert his way <laughs> up to the fucking Yeah, top. He, he definitely he he got his hopscotch on. And 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 that's dope for him. But I, I had situations where where um male comics weren't the most and, and plus I started in a in a market Boston, where very I was one of three up-and-coming black comics. Mm. It was me, yeah. Orlando, and Sean Bedgood. That was your black comedy scene. And then the ones who are already on, some dude named Greg Howe. I don't even know if he's still doing comedy. There was um, the dynamic duo, um, Chris and Corey, but they were kind of just on the black circuit side of things. Were they twins or something? No. Dynamic duo Chris and Corey. They was just doing a um dynamic duo of comedy. They was doing the um wait, but that was their that was their name. Like you say, well, coming to the stage, dynamic duo. The dynamic duo of comedy. If they were doing solo sets, oh okay. So um you had them, but they were already established. But as far as new comics, yeah, it was me, my man O, and Sean, and there was no there was nobody else. In 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 a, in a whole and you white know white and you know white people ain't gonna tell you shit. Not gonna tell. Honestly, with like, Orlando, like me and Orlando, we talk about this all the time. Like they had an easier time with the white comics gravitating towards them. Mm-hmm. I had the man. Listen, they were shitting on me behind my back. Why? Oh, all types of stuff. It's comics we know that 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 work to sell them. What well, see? But I'll tell you is, that off my. But that's though. because it's a, because they see you as a. Th- a threat i don't know if they saw me as a threat because i wasn't it wasn't like i wasn't getting a recognition it's, it's not about you getting a recognition but a comic can look at another comic and say damn and like if they if they just did x y and z they will fucking kill it what but unbeknownst to them that they didn't know that i operated on hate so <laughs> <laughs> once start things got back to me they was like because at the t- i studied business right so at the time, I was like, when I first came out the scene, like fucking year one, I had a website, promotional gear. I ain't have the jokes yet. Oh but yeah, I had that's all like that. me. That's like me. Yeah, I had because I came from cards. I came from media, so I had yeah. all my I had business cards, everything. So you know, you take what you know and you adapt it. And to- they hate that. They hate it. The worst thing you can be as a new comic is prepared. Yeah, that's the hated worst it. thing. <laughs> hated it. They said I had everything but jokes. One comic went. Halloween that year dressed up as me. Fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. Hilarious. And it got back to me. You didn't he didn't even do it in front of you. He nah, didn't. It, it got back to me. Oh, so uh, I wasn't in that I wasn't invited to that party. Oh. Yeah. So Ooh. I was I was ostracized like that. So it was like when I was in their presence, they didn't shit on me. But behind my back, that's what was going on. But the on. thing is that if they had shitted on you in in your face, it you would have w- been a problem. It would mm, I it depends. Cause if they if it if they had shitted on you in your face, you could have taken a lesson and you could have respected them for being honest. Because that's all we do is rag on each other when we see. Depending each other. on what they said, it probably yeah. would have been a problem. 
Oh, because you were still operating on hate. I, I was operating on hate, and keep in mind, I'm living in Weymouth, and they think I'm from Weymouth, but I'm from the Bronx. Oh, yeah, which is two different. Yeah, and very, very I don't, I don't really do the dozens, unless I'm super close. Like Monroe and Derek just started joking around with me. <laughs> <laughs> just started. I did not realize um, how I did not realize that there were people who couldn't handle the dozens. Nah, not like I was one of those dudes. Like growing up, I was. Um, I think it's weird when you can't, especially as a, being a black comic. I knew white white comics can't fucking hang at all. But here's the thing, I had a lot of self hate growing up. Uh, like, uh, uh, you know, you know, growing up in being our community, yeah, yeah, hating yeah. your skin color, mm-hmm. thinking you're too dark, and that's the first thing I go for. Yeah, and they would. Oh, uh, I remember. I remember my teeth were yellow, and they used to, my um. I was in high school. They used to call me cheeseburger. Mm. After that, I was going for the juggler. So, like, even in comedy, I had to learn to scale it back. To scale it back, because that's I would my problem. Immediately go for the juggler. That's my that's my problem because I don't say anything. Like people will rag on me, and I take it and I yeah. laugh or whatever. And the first time I open my mouth, they're like, "Damn, Keith Robinson was like, you are fucking <laughs> evil." Why are you so evil? No, he thinks I'm evil too. And I, I don't even. Some white chick. But my thing is, like, I'm not even trying to be evil. That's yeah. just how my That's mind how my mind re- works. Because I, I operate on, oh, shit, I got to protect myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. They be like, geez, I don't, damn. I don't want my feelings to get hurt. So I'm going to hurt their feelings first. And then they're going to know not to fuck with me. Yeah, my thing is, my, feel- my feelings really don't get hurt. It's just that I'm a very observational person. So I know how to just get that one little yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will hurt your feelings. Uh, and, yeah. and make you be like, all right, I'm going to nah, stop. My feelings get hurt. And I don't want my feelings to get hurt. Mm. So I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. So you know to just leave me oh, alone. Like thing. I was one of those dudes, man. Like I remember this one um, um, from the dynamic dude, um, Corey, for some reason, would go out his way to fuck with me. I don't know what it was. Subconsciously or consciously, he would fuck with me. Yeah. Like he would when he would intro me on that little open mic joint, he would just give me a fucked up intro and, and, mm. and he would just keep talking about how dark I was and stuff oh. like that. And I would let it slide because I understood I'm in a comedy world that I can't, I can't translate that to street no. because then that gets around. Yeah. Oh, and then you get that. Once exactly. you get that reputation, the worst thing you could do is be a, as a black comic is be known as a, a, thug. a thug. Yeah. And I'm not trying to do that. Because we all know them thugs. Not and don't to do nobody that. fuck with Exactly. Them. So I held back. I held back. And then one day I got so, I got, I just tired of it. This was like after a year. And then I was like, yo, he said something about how dark I was. I was like, yo, I was in the back. I was like, yo, my darkness represents how bleak your career is. <laughs> the whole room was like, and I was like, now say another motherfucking joke and we're going to step outside. <laughs> and that was, that was the last joke I heard. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, sometimes you got to check them out. I was like, my darkness <laughs> represents how bleak your career. And the best thing about that, it was so, it was such an articulate death. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of, because most times when people get up, like, yo, suck my dick, nigga. Yeah, but it, nah. you didn't do that. You nah, hit him I with want the you, verbiage. Yeah, I want you to, I want you to feel it. <laughs> I want you to feel it. like like Meek Meek said it in one of his lines in his new album. He was talking about how like one of his boys kind of messed up the friendship, and he was like, "I'm not gonna say your name, but you're gonna feel it in every rhyme. You gonna yeah. feel it in every line in this verse." Mm. And that's that was that was always my goal, man. Like if you, especially if I don't know you like that, yeah, and you say something about me, I'm coming for the jugular. Oh yeah, I'm coming I, for I the fully, jugular. I fully support it. 
especially in this community, like, cause I'm not really, I'm not really with the shit. Like, if I'm, I'm super close with you. Like, I'm close with Dante. I'm close with Gina. You know, that's my best friend. And I, and I'm just now getting acquainted with y'all side mm-hmm. of the crew. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So they're getting to know me and know what type of person I am, and vice versa. And I'm, I'm one of the, like, I've had a couple of situations with somebody who I'm not really cool with. It says something. And I give them three. I get, I I got a rule. I'm, I'm like, yeah, you got three times, and on that third time, we're gonna have to have a conversation. Wow. I remember on the first time I talked to Dan Saint Germain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had said I didn't know. I didn't. I never met him before, and I didn't know his type of comedy. He would went up. He would yeah. make fun of the host or whatever. And he went up there, said something, and then after the show, I was like, Yo, we got a problem. And he was like, nah, man, nah. nah. He was like, that's just what I do. I was like, oh, because that came off like I, Personal. I wasn't sure if I did something to you yeah. or, you know, we could talk about it. And that was the end of that. <laughs> Coincidentally, that was the last time I worked at the stand. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think so, it was a coincidence. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Mm. But good times. So going back to your post, uh, were there any animals in the Bronx Zoo? <laughs> yeah, we saw a giraffe. Um, really? We saw a gorilla. Fuck. That was. I felt bad for the gorilla, man. Because there's no space. No, they have a lot of space. They have a whole exhibit just for them. But what's, what, what makes it sad is that they're just chilling. And it's all these people just yeah. taking pictures. It was like this one mama gorilla with her baby gorilla holding it. And then people just pressed up to the glass. And it was just, it got to the point she just turned around. Like, I, I feel bad. I don't, I don't even want to take a picture. I don't like the zoo. I think the zoo is obsolete. I think the zoo was needed when people didn't travel and there was no internet. You couldn't yeah. see live, you couldn't see live but animals. St- people still don't travel. People still don't travel, but, like, they're not going to the zoo like that. Nah, you need to go to the Bronx Zoo. I it's got a bunch free of kids. I got free passes. It's a bunch of kids. No. Who was going? No, you got. I don't feel comfortable looking at kids, in, enslaved tourists, animals. All types of people, adults, couples. They need to be out. Those animals need to be free. They have a lot. I'm not sure. Have you been to the Bronx Zoo? I've not since I was like junior high the school Bronx, or some shit. The only exhibit where I feel y'all need to do something about that is probably the polar bear exhibit. Oh yeah, 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 the yeah. The polar yeah. bear. Is, is the saddest polar bear I've ever seen. Like I didn't even go see him this year. Mm. Like, but all the other animals, they all yeah, right. They all right. Okay. They all right. They treat them. They they like. I've been to some zoos where I'm like, what the fuck is? This? Come on, man, this is not. I'm gonna look up and see how big the Bronx Zoo is. The Bronx Zoo is humongous, and like, and on top of that, honestly, if the gorillas want it, they could just move somewhere where you can even see them. Mm. So it's not like it's not like you go to the exhibit and they have it set so that the gorillas have to be there. Yeah. Those motherfuckers can get up and just bounce. <laughs> <laughs> you just be looking at them like, yo, hey, where they at? Oh man, yeah. And it was and it's cool. Like they had these like little, I forget what kind of monkeys they were, but um, they were like flipping all over the place. It was kind of cool. I called mm-hmm. it um, an action slow mo. So the, the the zoo was pretty cool. The zoo's okay. pretty cool, but um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's not like like Cause then, cause then it's not I like the saw, circus because you know I just saw Planet of the Apes, so you know. Yeah, I, I think that was another thing that kind of had me like, ah, yeah, damn, my brother. <laughs> I don't know why we relate to maybe because white people used to call us gorillas. Yeah, so that's why we have a like, yo, that's my nigga right there. Yeah, care. well, no, you could, listen, let me tell you something. If you black people will find a way to make any 
any animal relate to black people. Yeah. You can watch any movie. Like, you know that. You know that's supposed to symbolize yeah, even black with people. a robot. Oh you know, yeah, remember Transformers? They had mm-hmm. that. Oh man, like yeah. oh, why are they trying to? Oh, that's supposed to be us. That's, that's us. how we act. That's oh, us. that's some bull. We see ourselves in yeah. everything. Yeah. Okay, James. Let's end this podcast the way I normally uh, do. Okay. James Golf, what makes you a social misfit? Oh man, um, my kids. What? <laughs> what are you? People have kids all the time. They don't make you a social um, misfit. No, like my 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 post and a lot of my comedy is really just based around my my confliction with um not not wanting to be a dad but wanting to be a dad so would you okay so what is more important to you comedy or your kids would you quit comedy for your kids i would but i would be miserable yeah i would be miserable and uh my my partner knows that so she she lets she you live. She knows that because because, like I said, comedy was like this is the first thing that I've done that made sense. Like everything else was supposed to it was just knowledge for me to do this. Yeah. So for me to not be able to do this, um, I definitely would be a present dad and and you know whatever the case may be, but I would be miserable and it would show. Mm. I'd probably be short tempered, start drinking, beating her and shit. Maybe. <laughs> She's white, so probably not. You definitely would beat her. <laughs> nah, I can't beat her. You know how bad, you know, they after OJ got off, you mm. know what they're going to do to me? Nah. Nah. Like, I think everybody, every, I was I was thinking about this on the way up here. I, I feel like every couple has a, like, if I was to kill my partner, everybody how did. would I do it? Yeah. Right? How would and you do it? I don't know. Like, I have a couple of different ways that I would do it, but I don't, I just know I wouldn't get away with it. Oh, mm. I don't have a way to do it that I would get away with it. And God I forbid think, she dies and is suspicious. Now they're gonna yeah. listen to this podcast. No, no, no. You're not gonna kill your your woman. But I do think this. I think the more that you love a person, the the better the kill is. Because mm. you can love somebody and still want to kill them. Uh huh. And I think that your love for them will will make you plan a better murder than if you didn't. Yeah, really but I would have to them. kill multiple people. Um. Because she talks to her mom every day. Oh, well, you know, first of all, her mom is waiting for one day to go by where she don't call. Exactly. And the cops is coming and, to your and house. And when I say they talk. And your brother there too. So it's two black men and, and a white woman and two mixed once kids. once a day. They talk all through the day. So you better, I either have to wait they, for they her talk, to go. talk or they text. They talk, talk. Oh, you can't even fucking they're fake close. the text. Yeah, they're close. Damn. They're close. Like, they don't, they haven't invented technology for me to fake her voice. And, and be able to carry the conversation mm. and pay mm. a phone bill mm. and then have it set up so where she, I'm like yo have you spoke to Rachel Evans no yeah it's, it's not, all you it's, nah, it's all it's too you much. and then I got to deal with the fact that now I'm a single parent parent now I'm a single parent father do I really want to hold that responsibility well no I mean if you kill it you definitely ain't gonna do comedy now ah uh, ah uh, uh, it's too much work it is a lot of work I'm just gonna ride it out Yep, that's it. <laughs> Hope these good genes last. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on Social Misfit. Please let everybody know where they can follow you and see your pretty pictures. Oh, um, my website is www.jamesgoff.me because that's the last thing about me. So everything is there. The letter C, James Goff, G-O-F-F. You'll find all my social media, my posts, upcoming gigs, all that stuff. Me, pictures with me and Chloe. Yeah. Yeah, hanging out. Yeah, on her couch. 
maybe laying on her rug. I really want my rug is very rug. luxurious. I really want to. I want to spend a <laughs> night on the rug. I, I don't even want. Like you want the couch? Nah, I want the rug. Oh, when I die, you already taking inventory. Get yeah. the fuck out my house, James. <laughs> That's why you don't invite nobody over. No, Monroe told me about the rug. Guys, it's been another episode of Social Misfits. Thanks for listening. I will have James all of his information.